Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Byron Spriggs, former MJHL and Manitoba Bisons goalie, about being an emergency goalie for the Winnipeg Jets and their opponents, but also, on a more serious note, an upcoming charity hockey tournament outdoors at Bronx Park to raise money for mental health awareness and why that is very important to him and his friends. Then I break down the big-time baseball trade. Mookie Betts on his way to the Dodgers with Jamie Bettens of Manitoba Junior Baseball League. And also, Pete Rose asking for reinstatement. Does he deserve it? We'll talk about that and more on the podcast. Right now, I want to welcome to the show Byron Spriggs, uh, MJHL, Manitoba Bisons alumnus, who is hosting a charity hockey tournament coming up. Byron, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for coming on. Great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. All right. So, first of all, are you still an emergency goalie? I am. I am. It's uh, like I said. I, you said it well. MJHL buys an alumni, so I, I say the uh, emergency backup program is the last cool thing I do with hockey. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, what does that entail for you? So, for me, I, I usually pick a couple games a month, um, and I'll go and I'll, I get to bring a guest, and we get to eat a meal and and watch a Jets game usually. But the uh, the odd time I do have my gear waiting in my car on the loading ramp and uh, by the crazy off chance that a goalie does get hurt I actually get the opportunity to go put my gear on and, and dress uh, with an NHL jersey on and uh, await very nervously for the rest <laughs> of the game uh, in case in case another goalie goes down and then you guys have the treat uh, of seeing me go in an NHL game and probably them having their way with me. <laughs> so you said you get to pick the games? Yeah, I do get to pick. Yeah, whatever works with, with you know your schedule. So usually it's about two a month. Um, so yeah. Is there an emergency goalie at every game? Yes. Okay. Because I remember, I think it was it last year or two years ago that Gavin McHale... Yes, got exactly. To... So he's a, he's he's a part of the program along with a, a couple of of other goalies. Uh, so a lot of Bison alumni on the mm-hmm. list. But yeah, me and him have kind of been, I guess, the lucky ones at this point to to actually be able to kind of put our gear on and and kind of be a part of the uh, NHL action, which is pretty awesome. All right, that must be pretty cool. I remember uh, talking to Mikhail after he was forced to be a backup for uh, Washington, I believe it was, and he yeah, got to take warm up yeah. shots from Ovechkin, and it was just oh boy. <laughs> For him, can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> All right, so Byron, here to talk to you about the uh, the play for more charity hockey tournament coming up uh, February 11th at Bronx Park. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a charity outdoor hockey tournament. Um, you know, it's just your classic uh, three on three half ice uh, regroup at the blue line, hit the post kind of outdoor games. Um, but in reality, it's about much more than just the hockey. It's about bringing the hockey community together and, and rallying around uh, mental health awareness and raising funds for, for local mental health organizations here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, we started it last year, and it was a raging success. We had 24 teams, and throughout the day, uh, obviously including the players, we had about 400 people come through the doors. Wow. Uh, Bronx Sparking Me Center. So that was phenomenal. We ended up absolutely destroying what we thought was a pretty ambitious goal of, you know, $5,000 and we destroyed it, raising 12,000 for those, uh, like I said, great local charities. So we were absolutely thrilled with it. And, you know, we were kind of humming and hawing, should we do it again? And, you know, people were telling us we were crazy not to. So we decided to organize it again and yeah, we're hosting it in about, I guess it's 10 days now. So why the mental health part of this? Why is that an important piece for you? 
Yeah, so I, I actually lost uh, a former teammate and, and one of my best friends um, two summers ago now, I guess in 20, 2018, uh, who, who actually unfortunately took his own life. Um, so that was uh, a really eye-opening um, experience for me, uh, not one that I wanted anyone else, especially, you know, within the hockey community where, you know, you're playing junior hockey and, you know, sometimes you feel invisible and, you know, you're just having the greatest time. And then, you know, a few years down the road, you know, one too many concussions later and, you know, you have a friend that's withdrawing himself um, from his friend, from his group of friends. And then uh, unfortunately passing away from, from suicide. So that was, like I said, a really eye opening thing for, for me and my group of friends and everyone whose life um, that our teammate touched. And so, I started doing a lot more research and looking into programs in Winnipeg more um, just so that, you know, we could do an event like this where we could hopefully save one life, um, you know, educate people enough that if one person was affected, was affected in a positive way um, that, you know, we had done our job. And, you know, last year we got a lot of great, great feedback from people just going up to the booths, you know, Canadian mental health was there, Manitoba mood disorders, project 11, and just them, explaining what they do and what services they offer for people in need just so people have those tools available for them when they do run into a situation like that because it it's happening a lot in our society nowadays and so we just want to help remove the stigma and just promote like i said play it's play for more promote more understanding more kindness more listening and uh and yeah hopefully slowly remove the stigma um, around mental health you said this was an eye-opening experience. Was mental health part of the conversation at all in dressing rooms when you were growing up playing hockey? No, it's not really. I mean, you know, you talk about having a good atmosphere in the dressing room, um, but what really does that mean, right? I mean, you don't really talk about how you're feeling outside of hockey or that sort of thing, right? Um, but nowadays it is. You know, it's it's really – I'm a pretty prevalent coach in the Winnipeg area. I do a lot of goalie coaching, and, you know – now that it's starting to become talked about more and more of a regular conversation, right? It's like any other physical illness. It's just an illness of the brain, right? So it's becoming a, a more easily talked about, right? Not, not easy by any means yet, but more easily talked about now. And it's strides that I love to see. Um, I know the MGHL has done a breakthrough job creating their program um, with CMHA and I'll be making sure that they're promoting that at the event on the day of just saying like, Hey, like, look what we've, look what we've done here. Look, we're, we're taking initiative with these players and we're really making them aware of the mental health and making it something that they can easily talk about. So at this tournament, then people come out, they have a good time, but they also learn a little bit along the way. Exactly. And that's kind of the biggest thing was, okay, let's go. Let's have some fun. You know, there's Tim Horton sets up there and hands out free hot chocolate, coffee and all, and donuts. We have, you know, a loony lunch for people just to come. And it's a pretty cost-effective way to get some free pizza and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at the same time, you know, the camaraderie, it's like, hey, let's go as a group and let's go around and let's learn, you know, from each of these organizations um, and see what they have to offer because you really never know. I, I would have never guessed in my life that I would have had to, deal with something like I had to but for me you know it happened the hard way and so that's why we started this event 
Um, and I think we've made a, a pretty big difference. And I, at least I like to think so. And I hope we continue to do that. So are you playing in this? Uh, yes, I am. I am. I, uh, actually, I'm trying to get together uh, the three goalies that I played Bisons with. Um, I'm trying to get us all together on a team and, and a few other buddies. And uh, we'll, we'll go make a mockery of ourselves and have our old Bison player teammates uh, wipe the floor with us. But it, it'll be a blast. Would you play in your goalie skates? No. I Thankfully, I, I have a pair of player skates, so I look a little bit more dainty on the ice. Okay. But the, but the goalie skates, yeah. If you, if you try and play in those, it, it gets clunky and it gets kind of embarrassing, and I'd probably fall over myself. So if, if people want to know more about this, is there a place they can go for more information? Yeah. So there's a, there's an email, actually. It's called playformore at outlook.com. Uh, you know, we have all the information there. We unfortunately don't have a website. We'd love to, but we can't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, or even, um, you know, my my Instagram has a lot of the information on it. It's at Byron Spriggs. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, if, if anyone wants to register a team, we're about 75% full right now. So we do have a few spots left, but we're anticipating, like, like I said, the clientele is usually between 18 and 30 and usually last-minute planners. Um, so we anticipate getting a few more in the next coming weeks or next coming days, I guess. But yeah, if anyone else is interested in, in submitting a team, we'd love to have it. But more importantly, we really just want to encourage the community to come out. We are going to have a lot of um, activities, uh, milk jug curling. We're going to have a bonfire in the back. We're going to have Lux Barbecue Company is going to be barbecuing hot dogs for us in the back. Um, like I said, free Tim Hortons. Um, there's going to be an accuracy shooting competition. So kind of a lot of things are actually Mickey Mouse or Mickey Moose is going to be there. Um, the ice mascots. Um, so we're, like I said, we're going to have guest speakers, live music. So a lot of things, not just for the players, but for just community members to come by, check it out. You know, whether you're involved in hockey or not, it's a great way to, to learn more about Canadian mental health and, and the programs offered by them and Mood Disorders Manitoba and Project 11, who does amazing things um, in, in Manitoba schools. So, so, yeah, kind of a bit for everyone. And just a reminder of uh, what day it is? It's on the February 17th, so it's Family Day, Louis Riel Day. Okay, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time yeah. tonight, Byron, and uh, good luck with this. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. For some reason... There had been rumblings for weeks that Mookie Betts might be traded by the Boston Red Sox. But why? He's their best player. Well, they were above a luxury tax threshold and also wanted to get rid of David Price's big contract. So that was the cost of business. Yesterday, the Sox trading both of them to the LA Dodgers for outfielder Alex Verdugo and reliever Brustar Gratterall, which sounds like a medication for a stomach condition, who came from Minnesota as they got Kenta Maeda from the Dodgers. As a Red Sox fan... I don't like it. Am I right to feel this way? Well, here to tell me how I'm supposed to feel is CGOB's baseball correspondent, Jamie Bettens, president of the Manitoba Junior Baseball League. Jamie, how should Red Sox fans feel today? You know, it's it's certainly for the passionate fan going to be a tough pill to swallow when you're losing, you know, a Keystone franchise type player who a lot of people were pegging as the number two best player in the game behind Mike Trout, but um, from a financial side of things, um, you know, very easy to understand when you look at the threshold that the Red Sox had to, to get underneath the, uh, uh, the 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 max salary without you know incurring any penalties for Major League Baseball. Um, they had to make some sort of moves 
Did it need to be Mookie Betts? Probably not. Um, but by the L.A. Dodgers taking David Price off their hands, they release themselves from absolute millions of dollars. It gets them back to almost zero with the payroll threshold and uh, paves the way to kind of allow them to pay some of the other stars, including the the players that they got for Mookie Betts as well. So as a fan, terrible day. Uh, you know, somebody who follows the finance side of this, you may not like it, but you you probably understand what they needed to be do, doing at this point. Kind of seems like an unforced error, though. They give a bunch of money to Nathan Avaldi. They give Chris Sale a ton of money, knowing that Mookie Betts has been this generational player and is going to be a free agent in the near future. And they basically threw him in so they could salary dump David Price. Yeah, absolutely. It's the cost of doing business to be one of the you know biggest spenders in Major League Baseball. Uh, a lot of people are not throwing any shade at the Dodgers because they're acquiring the asset. They're only acquiring really technically one year of him, and he has a chance to go to free agency, but they're going to have to shell out big dollars, which is going to result in them releasing assets, kind of like the way they had to with Kenta Maeda and a few other players in order to even get this deal done. So, you know, the Dodgers really shouldn't be looked at as, you know, uh, you know, a shining star in this opportunity. They they had a chance to make this go, and they're going to have to fight to make this work as well. Also traded Jock Peterson to the Angels to make room in a really crowded outfield in L.A. So the Dodgers were already one of the best teams in baseball. They made the World Series two of the last three years. I mean, it, how can it not be Dodgers versus Yankees in October right now? I, I, I very much find that to be the, the one. If I mean, if we're talking predictions, you, you'd have to think right off the bat. Um, I would almost go as far as to say, did the Dodgers even need to do that? I mean, if the Astros hadn't cheated, we'd be talking about the L.A. Dodgers as the champions, and they had pretty much an intact lineup coming back, along with some young superstars coming up, and Verdugo and some of those other players. So, you know, kind of a bit head-scratching with the last couple of days as to what's transpired. Um, You know, Major League Baseball is maybe going to go through a little bit of a darker time here, depending upon how this new Pete Rose scandal plays out as well. And uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes of this in the free agent market, because there's still some some players out there that are going to get need to get paid before spring training as well. We'll get to Pete Rose in just a moment. By the way, the Red Sox, you mentioned spring training. They don't have a manager yet. They still have to figure that out with Alex Cora being let go because of their own cheating scandal and the Astros one. But one last thought on the Red Sox. They're one of the highest spending teams in baseball. Why did they have to get under this threshold? They are super rich. Who cares if they have to pay an extra 10 to $15 million in a luxury tax? I feel if I could answer that question, I'd be able to be uh, employed by the Red Sox. There, there's something going on behind closed doors that I guess we don't know about. Um, y- y- there's so much speculation around there. And, and like you said, the, 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 the spending that they did for Chris Sale and Eovaldi and even Mitch Moreland and some of those other kind of second and third tier players, no disrespect to Chris Sale, I guess at that point, but the money that they doled out, I guess they're finally realizing that there's a cost to that. And at some point you have to draw a line. I don't think it should have been with Mookie Betts, but uh, nevertheless, they're drawing their line. Maybe it's because of the Yankees success and realizing that their window is wide open. And while they're going to spend feverishly, they're going to take a step back, almost concede the uh, AL East at this point, maybe let Tampa fight it out and spend some money as well and weaken themselves out. 
and the Red Sox then position themselves for the rebuild to be ready when the, those teams come into their financial crunch in a few more years. And I guess if there's one thing, if you're a Red Sox fan, that you want to maybe feel a little bit better about this, it's that Mookie Betts had said all along that he wanted to test free agency, and he's going to be a free agent after this season, whether it would be coming back to Boston or not. He's always said he wanted to see what it was like. He wanted to test the market to set his own price. And he could still come back to Boston. It's it's possible that he could do that. It doesn't seem likely at this point. He never said he wanted to leave Boston, but we could end up seeing him on the third team in three years after this year's done. It's very much a, a realistic possibility. I, I don't. I would agree with you. I don't know if it has any kind of equation where he comes back to Boston, but you know, Boston could have done a better job of displaying some level of confidence that they were going to get something done and make the deal happen. Um, the fact that Mookie was adamant, you know, all along that he wanted to test it and see what it was like, obviously means that there wasn't, you know, any willingness to take a hometown discount or anything else out there. Mookie Betts is confident in his abilities and he wanted to get paid as a result to do so, similar to the Mike Trout type numbers. And Boston, at least as a Boston fan, you can look and say the players that they did get um, were at least worth more than what they would have got towards the trade deadline or if Mookie Betts would have walked at the end of the season uh, altogether with nothing. So those players won't be talked about quite yet, but in a few years when those players are impact players and they're re-signing them to bigger deals, that may be when the Boston Red Sox will finally feel that they're vindicated in this situation. Chatting with MJBL president Jamie Bettens here on the sports show. Let's move to Pete Rose now, who is again asking Major League Baseball to end his lifetime ban, saying his penalty is unfair compared with discipline for steroids use and electric signs stealing. There's a 20-page petition. Basically, the gist is, hey, the Houston Astros players aren't getting punished. Why did I get this punishment? What do you think baseball is going to do about this? You know, this, for some reason... I think that there may be a, a kind of a crack in the armor here at MLB, and, and I wonder if this gets opened back up for at least some level of public debate for the MLB to gauge whether or not there would be some level of interest to open this back up. I, I think once they kind of paint you with a brush, the MLB seems to move on and, and really not come back on those things. But given what's happened, the court of public opinion, you know, the MLB may be in a knee-jerk reaction to you know, at least put a little bit of feel good behind the logo these days. And maybe that is by reinstating Pete Rose. I'm not sure. Um, you know, the baseball purists out there love what he did in his body of week, body of work as a player. This is more related to him as a manager than anything else. So I think that this, for some reason, something's telling me that this one is not a uh, an open and shut case and that we may hear more about this before it, uh, it gets put to bed. If you were Mom, Rob Manfred, would you want him back involved in the game? Would you want him to be able to get into the hall of fame? Well, that, that's just it. So, you know, I think MLB has to take a look at that and say, what is the impact that Pete Rose could still have on the game today within the city of Cincinnati? No question. There's something that can be done there. And, you know, there's a day or two where they will honor him and, if he gets into Cooperstown, there's there's something attached to that. But, you know, what is a true return for bringing Pete Rose back in the year 2020? And and I think the answer is, is not terribly significant. Um, you know, there is a potential for backlash and for, you know, other things to set precedent for other people that break rules to then say, well, why not me? 
Um, and, and that may in turn outweigh, you know, any inclination to kind of reinstate or bring him back. They may do something meet halfway, maybe allow him to, you know, at least reestablish his name or, you know, a few things. But my gut's telling me as much as they're going to open up the opportunity, they, the door will still remain closed. What did you think of uh, the one person who didn't vote for Derek Jeter to not put their name on it? That was uh, something that I was surprised. You know, the whole process between Derek Jeter and, and for Larry Walker as well. I got more and more fired up the more I saw the public results of the voting. And when I saw some of the most established baseball writers that really understood the game, almost um, utilizing that platform um, as clickbait, which is kind of the new the Twitter term for just you know saying something to get people to click on it and look at it and become relevant. Um, it was very frustrating and very disappointing to see. I feel whoever that writer was um, will at some point let it be known because I think that they're hunting for some sort of level of notoriety or publicity behind it, just saying I was the one or. Uh, you know, they're looking for someone to just to be talked about and be relevant. And, and I don't like when, you know, some of those media personalities are in it, you know, for that and, and not for the, the, the purest of the sport, especially when it comes to the, the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, the only other argument that had any kind of validity to me was, you know, how does Derek Jeter compare to the only unanimous selection in Mariana Rivera? And, and, and I think that they kind of, you know, at that point, you, you may have something to say to say Mariana Rivera deserves to be the only true unanimous selection. Ken Griffey didn't even get it. So, you know, there's a little bit of something you could maybe fish out there. But in the end, I think it's going to end up being, you know, somebody looking to just have their name bantered about. I mean, the hang up on unanimity and, you know, the, Babe Ruth didn't get it unanimously. Why should this guy? You already broke the seal. There's already a guy now in unanimously. Who cares? Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. How do you not put him on your ballot? Absolutely. It's 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 what baseball should have done. And the fact that there was only one shows that really he, he should have been. Uh, I certainly would have voted for it. Um, it, it, it no question. But sometimes um, we can't control what other people do. <laughs> Absolutely. Jamie, appreciate your time as always. And we'll uh, check in a little bit later on in the year. Thanks. Pitchers and catchers coming very soon. I'm sure we'll talk then. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?